Hi, everyone. You're listening to Backstory. Let's hear it on WTBRFM Pittsfield with Roberta McCulloch-Dews of the Mayor's Office in the city of Pittsfield. Thanks for tuning in. So today we have with us Harmony Edwards-Persip, a local entrepreneur whose focus is real estate. Harmony's pathway to this place in her life, which is a great place, I might add, a blossoming career, a determined outlook, and lots of possibilities on the horizon. Um, But the journey hasn't been easy, and Harmony will tell you so. And she's quite open about her journey. But the great thing about Harmony's journey is that Harmony didn't stay in the place of her situations. She reset her focus on what she could do each and every day to be the best version of herself. And we always love a comeback story. So welcome, Harmony. Let's get started. Thank you, Roberta. (laughs) I'm excited to be here. So you guys can't see Harmony. Harmony is, what, 5'10"? Yes. And she's wearing heels. I'm 5'2", with a few inches to boot. Um, So I'm short. I I told Harmony, I said, you know, you occupy a rarefied world. Like, I can only think about that world. I just look up. I said, you know, that wasn't my fate in life, to be tall. And she's thin, too. She's very pretty. All right. So, Harmony, you were born and raised in Pittsfield. And the Persip side of your family has long ties to the city. That name is like, it goes back generations. Um, how, how did it feel to really come from a family that really had such strong ties and roots to the city? So growing up, I guess I didn't actually realize how strong our roots were. And as I got older and began to be more connected and more acquainted with people throughout the county, mm-hmm. I realized how how much of an impact our family has had mm-hmm. here. For sure. Um, and that's, you know, so I'm definitely like into like genealogy and things like that. Have you ever done anything for your family? Have you done like a family tree and things like that? No, no? I have not. My mom keeps pushing me to do it, though. She's like, you need to do this. Yes. And just find out more. Mm-hmm. So and your mom is Jamaican. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so you have, so you, um, do you know anything about your Jamaican side? I know actually more, I guess, about my Jamaican side. Okay. My mom is very, um, very motivated Mm -hmm. on educating me on the Jamaican culture and making sure that was a part of my life growing up. Yeah, so I'm Jamaican too. So I was, I was born in Jamaica and my family came to this country when I was two. Um, And like my kids are first generation American. And it's such an interesting thing because I guess growing up as well, like we, there were always um, things that um, related to Jamaica in the house, whether they were like placemats or, you know, um, you know, wall decor. Yep. Or wall decor. (laughs) (laughs) You know, things like that. And I realized that like for my kids too. I even though they are not they 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 don't they're not Jamaican, um, but I want them to still have that tie um, because I realize with each subsequent with subsequent generations, they get farther and farther away if you actually don't if you're not intentional about preserving that. So, again, in my house, too, you will find like wall decor, um, the placemats, um, different things that just, um, you know, speak to Jamaica because I always want them to know that part. Um, Have you gone back? Yeah, we used to go back every year. And which parish? So, 
we're all over, I okay. guess. All right. So I was born in Kingston. So that's the parish of St. Andrew. Yes. So okay. we have family in St. Andrews. Okay. We have family in St. Elizabeth. Yes. Okay. And Maypen. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Like, I'm not sure no, what no, parish no, that listen, is. Listen, but... listen, my, my great-grandmother used to talk about Maypen, which I think is the country. I think, like, Maypen is, like, the country. All right, so I won't I won't um, ask you more questions because I, I know how that can be in terms of getting into, like, names and everything like that. Um, but tell me a little bit about your time in Pittsville as a little girl. What was Harmony like as a little girl growing up in Pittsville? So I grew up on the west side of Pittsville. Okay. And I can say... Um, I was very much a West Side girl, mm-hmm. so I had a lot of friends. Okay. I had a lot of, actually, everybody in the neighborhood, I considered them all family. My mm-hmm. mom would constantly tell me, like, that's not your cousin, and I'm like, that is my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody in the neighborhood was my cousin, and that's how my family, the Persip side of the family, yeah. that's how they are. Okay. So they're very, like, inviting, and um, so I grew up that way. Okay. And I have connections with people from the age of, like, an maybe before I can remember, but like three and four years old, I have pictures going back with people um, that I'm still connected with today. So it was like a village environment. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I I feel like a lot of people that I've met along the road Mm -hmm. um, from different places in the United States, they don't, they're not connected with their elementary school friends or like their friends from their block. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, you know, I would have to say it's an interesting dynamic depending on where you grew up. Like if you grow up, like you, you just reference the block and that's like how I would reference it to like growing up in the city, like the kids on the block. But if you grow up in, if your environment is maybe more rural or if you are in like, you know, um, suburbia, the, it, it might have a different feel, right? You don't have a block per se. Yes. You know, it's just, it's just And different. our blocks are not, so I say the, I say a block yeah. and it's not a block that way you're like, right. I, when I go to the city, they're like, oh, the block and they're ex- expecting like this block. No, I'm talking about like John Street. Yeah. So that would be like my entire block <laughs> and I wouldn't even be able to go up the street and around the corner. So... <laughs> But that's good, though. I think that village mentality of 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 just raising children, um, it's so important because oh, there was always someone to have an eye out for you. Yeah. So you were never really on your own because there was always someone watching an elusive cousin or someone just watching, making sure that you were on the right track. Yeah. And you grew up thinking every older woman on the street was your aunt oh. and every older man was your uncle listen, and now they yell at you you're gonna stop and listen to what they're saying now i wonder <laughs> if that's a jamaican thing though because i remember growing up too and they were like oh this is aunt so-and-so or this is uncle so-and-so and it took me a while before i was like wait a second they're not but they're like, not my aunt yeah. but I no relation it was like a sign of respect it was a sign of like one you didn't really call adults like by their first name i yeah. mean yeah I don't know. Did you? So I guess I can say that definitely came from my Persip side of okay, the family. Okay, okay, okay. Because my mom was the one that was always correcting me oh. and saying like, "No, that's not your aunt, and those are not your cousins." <laughs> that's so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that is so interesting because yeah, well, you know what? The the group that I was a part of it was a tight group, and so we kind of knew, but it wasn't just like random people that were just like aunts and uncles. But I could understand that though. And then, what city did you grow up in? I was in in the Bronx. Okay. And so, but like for me, like so, there were like members of like our church that we grew up in, and so at that when you were little, you really didn't call the adults by their 
first name. So it was like, oh, this is aunt so-and-so. This is uncle so-and-so. Um, and that was just, I guess it was like a term of endearment. But it wasn't, it wasn't like they had any relation to us in At any all, way. Yes. No, but it was confusing when you're a kid. Um, all right. So when you think back to Little Harmony, what were her dreams and aspirations? So I can say I wanted to be a lawyer. Okay. So I knew I was uh, always going to be in like a negotiating okay. situation. Okay. And I can, as long as I can remember, and I see this in my four-year-old now, mm -hmm. um, always negotiating and okay. bargaining deals and <laughs> um, having, I knew I was going to be in sales. Okay. I was, I'd play with a doll for maybe two weeks, three weeks, and then tag sale outside with like five or six dolls it wouldn't be like a big collection of like yeah. a big tag sale but i'd have a stand and i'd resell everything How, now had. where did you get the idea to like do all these things i don't know it's just it's something just something that i always was doing really and i always was creating something i created magazines and like drew magazines yep. and i would try to sell them to people <laughs> And, and nobody would want to buy them. And I'd be like, they're five cents. Like, why don't you want to buy this five cents, like, beautiful magazine that yes, I made? Yes. And then some people in the neighborhood would just buy the things yes. just to, to support satisfy you. my soul. <laughs> yes. Oh, so you were a young entrepreneur even yes, back then. Yes, yes. Wow. All right. Oh, my goodness. I, I love that so much because I feel like when we are, when we're children, we have this unfettered creative spirit and energy <clears throat> that the world hasn't said, no, 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 don't do that. You can't do that. You're not built for that. You're When you're a kid, the sky really, there's no limit to yes. like what you want to do. Yes. Like you could do anything. Like you want to be a fashion designer. You want to be a firefighter. You want to believe everything all in one. Yep. Um, but it's interesting to me that the roots of your current profession Harken back to this time, like you actually could create a bridge to say you're you're selling your own homemade magazines. You were, you know, negotiating the resale of dolls. I mean, it's fascinating to me. Did you have any? Um, and I know you, you you mentioned that this was something that was just innate to you. But was there anyone that you saw that had this sort of same sort of entrepreneurial energy um, in your family? So, first-hand experience, I didn't see it necessarily, mm -hmm. but my dad was a car salesman. Okay, okay. So, naturally speaking, I didn't actually watch him growing up, mm -hmm. but I think that, when you go back to genetics, yes. that it just it just was there. Yes, yes. <laughs> I didn't okay. need to see it or be inspired, you know, yes. physically by it, yes. but it, mentally and inside of me, it was always there right so it just needed to be released and then i can say my mom never was the parent that was like that's not gonna happen or yeah. that's not attainable it yeah. was always like what's your plan to to do that okay how are you gonna make how are you gonna make it work very pragmatic yes Got so it. that my mind was always like okay i can do it it's okay. just a matter of fact of how can how? i do it <laughs> okay all right so you already had that mindset all right, so that's that's young harmony. So let's go into the teen years. I tell you, listen, I'm a mom of three. Whew. <laughs> Whew, I know. Do you see all this gray? <laughs> so I'm a mom of three. My oldest is in college. He is a freshman. Um, my middle is a freshman in high school, and then um, the baby is in middle school. Yeah, she's in middle school, but she thinks she's in college. Yep, yes. Yep. Um, That's your only girl. Only girl. Yes. 
And, you know, it's it's I, I would say that it has been so interesting. There is no manual for parenting. Um, I mean, yes, there is physically one, but it's only until you get in it because, you know, no two chi- no ch- children aren't alike in the in the way that they um, they have their dreams, their aspirations, the way that they go about things. They are different. And as a parent, you have to acknowledge their difference as a teen. Tell me about teen harmony. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I can tell you about All teen right. harmony because I don't think teen harmony knew what mm. or who mm. she was. So mm. the little girl harmony started to get clouded by mm-hmm. um, everything that was going around socially. Yeah. And I guess the education system, too, in a way. Yeah. Um kind of like dampens your spirits mm-hmm. so and then I grew up in Pittsfield okay. Okay. <laughs> so I grew up in Pittsfield I started off at Conti Elementary School on the west side okay. in a west side community my mom transitioned me to private school okay um, a Catholic school in middle school mm-hmm. so that kind of changed uh, my confidence level okay so it was one of the only black kids in the in the entire school yeah um which I guess that didn't that wasn't really the effect that it had on me, but a lot of the kids were better off financially, mm-hmm. financially better situations than we were. Yeah. Um, not that we were in a bad situation, but it felt like a bad situation when your your friends are in these great situations. Right. Um, right. And so I started to kind of doubt myself and my abilities to create my abilities to uh, I'm not artistic at all so that's why my magazines never took off <laughs> that was a reason why <laughs> yeah. so I started to like look into these things instead of looking at my strengths mm. I was like so focused on the, mm. what I felt like was a weakness at the time um, and it kind of just like clouded my spirits I started to conform to what I thought I should be like and not really who I wanted to be Mm. So, mm. Uh, yeah, it's the the teen years are so tough, and um, you know, I, I always like to say I'm so glad we didn't have social media when I was coming up. I mean, the most we had were beepers, and there's no there's no recollection <laughs> of anything on a beeper transaction. <laughs> <laughs> no screenshots. <laughs> no screenshots. And, 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 and so I was able to, you know, you know, you're able to make your mistakes and you're able to um, live the life that you want to live. Tell me a little bit about um, just being in that space where you have doubted yourself. And what do you recall about that time in your life and how did it make you feel emotionally? So I think I was definitely depressed. Like, now mm-hmm. I look back on it, mm-hmm. and I guess everybody can kind of go through, like, depression, and then you come out of it. And But I was in maybe a depression for, like, five to six years, maybe wow. eight years, and it was all throughout high school. Wow. So high school and then kind of proceeding a couple of years after high school, mm-hmm. um, my grades started to decline. So then I started to doubt myself more at that point. You know, you're looking at college, but your grades are declining because of whatever outside factors are going on. 
Um, and I felt like I had no control mm. over what was happening in my life. So you felt like you were in a spiral. Yes. Mm. Okay. I mean, you know, looking back at your just when you were in high school, you were a track star. Yep. I mean, that's the thing. And you got scholarships like you were awarded like you were a part of the graduating class of what, 2012? Yes. So you 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 were still a smart cookie. You're still a smart cookie. You're still doing your things on the, you know, um, you know, with athletics. But you're also battling these demons. Yes. And you could see it, um, like I said, in my schoolwork. So I was I'm a great tester. So I test very well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where that comes from. <laughs> That's probably from my mom's side. Um, but I've always been a really good tester. So I, um, and I knew that about yeah, myself too. Right. So it, I didn't really put much effort into like studying right. or homework or any of the other things because I knew like at the final, I'm going to test fine and right. I'm going to go on to the next grade. So why do I need to do any of these in betweens? Right. Right. But then you lose the discipline. And uh, growing up, I was very disciplined. By my mother, and mm-hmm. you kind of lose grasp of your children in the teen years because they want to do their own thing and they want to be their own person. Right. And I was fighting back so hard against mm. who I thought my mother wanted me to be mm. and who I thought everybody was expecting me to be. And I'm like, well, who do I want to be? So right. then I started looking for who do I want to be, realizing, you know, maybe at 22 or 23 that I already was who I wanted to be. And then I lost that. Wow. Chasing something that I didn't even know. You know, chasing the unknown, literally chasing the unknown. Wow. So you, in order to come from that depression and come from that place, you have to do a lot of self-work to yes. get to who you are today. All right. So I just want to let the listeners know um, who are just tuning in. My guest for today is Harmony Edwards Persip. She is a licensed realtor and a local entrepreneur. Um, and we're just talking about her journey um, um, of evolution um, and success and where she is today. So tell me a little bit about that, that get into the, that place where you said, I'm okay and I'm happy where, with who I am. How did, what was that work like for you? So I had to like first realize I moved to Florida. Okay. That that was a big eye opener um for me and what I realized when I moved to Florida is that there are plenty of successful black women mm-hmm. that are doing different things, you know, from levels of maybe they're doing hair to the levels of their lawyers and judges. And I I just woke up one day and I'm like, what am I doing? Because I could be one of these people. Like, I have what it takes. I know I have what it takes to to be this. Yes. And I've always had these creative, like, ideas. How am I going to get financially, you know, savvy Mm -hmm. in life? That's always been, like, a goal. Even when I was going through the depression state, it was just, how am I going to get to that? Um, And I knew I was good at sales. So I just kind of regrouped my mind and kind of applied myself to getting certified Mm -hmm. in different departments, exploring different career fields. Uh, I went from being a behavioral specialist Mm -hmm. to doing CNA work to selling life insurance to working for Kate Spade as a saleswoman. Listen, you're part Jamaican, okay? (laughs) So... I had a man say that to me the other day. He's like, if you're not doing six things, what are you doing? Listen, 
a true Jamaican. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I explored all of these different ranges of uh, career ideas, uh-huh. and I loved every single one. Mm-hmm. And when I got to real estate, that's what really like stuck with me. Okay. And I'm like, I can do everything I want to do within this career. Okay. Um, and actually at 18, in that time of depression, I did sign up for a real estate class. So I think that it was all, I knew Yeah. it was just about getting out of that um, that warped mind mm. and, and then like releasing myself into who I'm supposed to be. How has your relationship with your mom come from that evolution? I mean, obviously, I'm telling you, as a parent, I know how it is to go through those spots. And then when you come out of it, your relationship takes on a different tone. Did you find that your relationship with your mom took on a different tone as well after you got to the place where you are today? I can say I immediately started to see changes. Um, When I was living in Florida, we became more connected because we were further apart. Mm -hmm. So the phone calls, it was like maybe a phone call a day. (laughs) Sorry, mom. (laughs) And um, and then I realized that she really was my supporter, like regardless of what I was going to do in life. And even when I was doing everything wrong in life, she was always my supporter. So that was just like a wake up call. And you've seen I've spoken about her like five times. I really real. I noticed the impact that she had uh, on my life. So it's helping me to be a good mother now. That is like sound to a parent's ear to hear that because it makes it just reassures a parent that everything that they've been doing um, was worthy. Right. And it validates everything, all the everything. I'm sure I'm sure she's loving all of it now. And um, your relationship is 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 good. So I'm so glad to hear that. Tell me a little bit um you mentioned being a mom and you having now being on the flip side of that. Have you developed any um, insights now that you're on your own parent journey? Yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> and um, one thing that I know that, which is not something that my mom necessarily did or yeah. didn't do, but I guess I didn't feel like I had clarity mm-hmm. on that ever in life, mm-hmm. was the amount of privileges that I was exposed to um, because of my mother and who how, she was. How so? Uh, so she's, I don't know what degrees that she has, mm-hmm. but she's been she, just very, very She's educated. degreed, yes. yes. <laughs> and um, so her outlook on life on life altogether was different than a lot of the uh, individuals or peers that I had their parents. Mm -hmm. So I always had that step above because of the way my mom talked to me and handled even any situation, any person that she was dealing with, the way she handled those situations Mm -hmm. really helped to create, you know, who I was and then also provide me Mm -hmm. with um, opportunity. So, she had these connections that she's made throughout her career that immediately when I was in high school, I think I was in 10th grade, I got a receptionist position, uh, you know, like three or four dollars above minimum wage, something that none of my friends, wow. even people that were in high, I mean, in college yeah, already yeah, were not yeah. looking at this position. Um, and I can say that my mom's connections, I would have never even known, first of all, that it was available. Right. Her connections helped me get in. Uh, and then she also helped me, mm. you know, prepare for the interviewing process of it. She's also always had a good job. Mm-hmm. So just 
when I was in private school, I might not have felt like we were financially, you know, fit and financially good. But I was always comfortable in life. So I never needed for anything. Yeah. Even if I thought (laughs) I was needing it, you know, that was a want. So I never actually needed for anything. And I grew up and I, you know, now that I'm a mother, I'm Mm -hmm. like, I had more than the essential things that I need. Right. Maybe more than... I think that she should have done. <laughs> but, you, you know, know, it's so interesting when you're looking at it through the lens of others, right? And what they have, it sometimes overshadows what we have, uh, you know, on our own. Oh, yes. And and, and the, the, the fact that you can now look back and say, I had everything. But it's almost like the grass always looks greener on the other side. Um, there was, uh, apart from your mom, who obviously is a pivotal force, and of course you've given your own, rec- you know, um, you know, thoughts about being a mom yourself now, you are a symbol to your daughter of a powerful woman. The idea of representation came to me because you mentioned when you went to Florida that you saw all of these women, black women, who were doing it in their various professions. Um... I want to, if you could, backtrack a little bit to just the representation that you saw or did not see here. I don't feel like I've seen any representation Mm -hmm. here. And so my point of saying that I was privileged in the sense of who my mother was, that was my representation. Just your mom. So, and uh, there are other women black women in the community that did have, you know, powerful impacts on me, but not necessarily in the light of what, you know, they might be community activists. Right. And also that's like their second job because they have to do, you know, this in the daytime Mm -hmm. in order to provide this uh, for our community. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be able to give back to my community in my daytime job. Right. Right. So, so powerful. I always talk about representation. Um, just simply representation matters and it matters in so many ways. And oftentimes, if you don't see it, you don't think you can be it. And so for um, for young children um, and others, it's so important. And I would say it's it's important for everyone to be able to see that um, people who occupy leadership positions and different things come there. There is more than one look. Right. Yes. There's more than one look to that. Um, and and that's uh, that's representative of the global society and world that we all live in. Um, so I, I think that you being the successful woman you are, you are serving as um, that symbol to your daughter. But there could be also other little girls looking at you that you don't even know about. And that's like what my drive is. Mm-hmm. Um So, obviously, of course, my daughter is, like, a reason why I Mm -hmm. do a lot of what I do. But the second reason why, and the reason why doing it here in the Berkshires is so important to me, is that there's all of these other little girls growing up, and even adult women. Yes. That are older than I am at this time, that were like, I didn't even think that this was a possibility. And I'm like, listen, you can do this. Yeah. You just have to literally do it. Like, you just got to start doing it. Yeah. And nobody's going to look back at where you were starting from as long as you get started. You just have to get started. Absolutely. And and it helps when you see that that image of someone who's doing it, because like you said, they're going to say, well, if she's doing it, so can I. So that is that is powerful. Um, You are a licensed realtor. 
tell me about what is the most thrilling aspect of your job um, being a, a licensed realtor? Most thrilling aspect? Yeah. Meeting new people. Okay. Like all the time. So you're an extrovert. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, and I've always been an extrovert. Uh, I think in high school I was kind of retrieving a little bit mm-hmm, and becoming mm-hmm. more introverted. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's meeting people. Yeah. And it's, you don't have to buy a house with me. Okay. I just love meeting new people. <laughs> so if you want to buy a house and you want to talk about buying yeah. a house, like I'm free to do that. And I think that um, I bring in a lot of clients that way too, mm-hmm. but I also meet new people Okay, uh, that it's, and it's not just about real estate. So there's so many more aspects to mm-hmm real estate you know like yeah we're inside of a real estate right now yeah, you yeah. know what i mean yeah. so that's just what it is so you meet all of these different people along the way okay and you just get to do different creative different cool things and i think that's like the most exciting part for me so i'm gonna ask you what's a day in the life for harmony what's a typical oh, day look a like typical day yeah Usually I start in sweatpants. Okay. All right. <laughs> and I do most of my day that way. Okay. So um, I like I run errands. I do a lot of my documents, mm-hmm. phone calls. I'm a morning person. Okay. But I'm not a morning person and put my heels right on. Okay. <laughs> no. So I love that, uh, the you know, my career right now gives me the ability to kind of like have <laughs> the freedom to get ready in the morning and kind of get my day started mentally Mm -hmm. before I'm like out and active in front of people. Right. So, um, yeah, I guess a day in the life, it's, it always varies. Every day is a different day. I guess I love that too. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you set your day because you are, you you have the ability to set your day. That's why I'm like, what is the day in the life? like because every day is like completely wow different than the day before that's definitely like a level of freedom that a lot of people don't have and it's exciting i mean some people like you know i want to know exactly what my schedule is going to be like and i guess i could set my life up that way Uh where i'm doing showings from this time to this time and it's only that time Mm -hmm. um but i guess i'm more free-spirited so i like having the freedom of yeah kind of just being flexible Okay. For those listeners just tuning in, my guest today is Harmony Edwards-Persip. She is a licensed realtor and a local entrepreneur telling us about just her journey, her professional pursuits, um, and all that comes with it. So, Harmony, at the start of 2020, you assumed ownership of um, Uncorked Wine and Beer Lounge, which um, was situated in downtown Pittsville on North Street. And the lounge was slated to open in March. But as we all know, that was the start <laughs> of the pandemic. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh. Yeah, that was a rough experience. Uh, yeah. um, and I was working with other investors as well. Mm. So... Oh, COVID. <laughs> That's what we all do. We take a big sigh. Yes. Yeah, so we yeah. we did have some difficulties getting a pre uh, approval for the um, the wine and beer license okay. to serve. So that was the holdup, or we would have been open, mm-hmm. you know, prior to COVID happening, mm-hmm. um, which might have set us back even more. So I always say that that hold up mm-hmm. of not having the license actually saved us 
from ordering inventory right. and ordering furnishing and yeah. kind of like driving full in because we were in an unknown space of right. are we going to get this license? Hmm. And then we did get the uh, approval mm-hmm. from the board right, I think, days before the shutdown. It was maybe even the 17th, and then the shutdown was the 18th. How did so, you feel in that moment? Wow. I was <gasps> devastated, and I was angry, and I didn't understand. Like, I guess the entire world was angry, but mm-hmm. at, for completely different reasons than I was. <laughs> 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 and then um, I even remember going online and connecting with other business owners because, you know, there's however many bars in the United States, how many of them were opening at this same time were right. going through renovations and just poured in this money from investors to renovate and then they're not able to open. Right. So I started connecting with different um, different bar owners mm-hmm. and you know smaller restaurant mm-hmm. owners and just kind of almost like therapy sessions with each other and just really? like talking it out and talking it through. And I held on... For that dream until almost November or December of 2020. How are you able to do that um, in terms of just was it was it a big weight? Like, I mean, I know that there were so many financially impacted. Like, was that hard for you to do? It was hard. It was hard dealing with the investors. Um, thankfully, like the landlord there was relatively yeah. easy okay. um, on me and understanding of, you know, what was going on yes, at that yes. time. Um, it taught me a lot. What? What, so, what takeaways? The takeaways was patience. Okay. And because when you're dealing with other, you know, you have partners in the deal mm-hmm. and you're dealing with these partners and um, everybody is upset at, at the same time. Everybody's kind of like feeling... Yeah. Um, almost as if they've taken a bigger loss than the other. So mm-hmm. each of us were in a in a point of who's who's taking the biggest loss now and it really dampened um relationships at mm-hmm. the time. Okay. So moving forward, I figured out ways to kind of deal with and communicate with people mm-hmm. in a sense that all of us can walk away with a win yes. and if we're not at least we're all walking away satisfied and not Yeah. You know, there's no negative energy mm-hmm. left behind on the table. Yeah, um, I was looking forward to your business opening. Me I remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that being said, I mean, we we saw COVID's hand just um, just really devastate so many things. I mean, aside from the the lives lost, which is devastating on its own, just the impact to people and their livelihoods. Um, it really it, it really took a toll. You have all these key takeaways. Um, are you gun shy about? start in another business similar or are you still committed to some to something like this so i am necessarily not committed to a wine and beer okay lounge all right in downtown pittsfield okay um and that i won't even go into that because we might be going over time but <laughs> okay <laughs> of why i wouldn't do that um i am not shy about going after other businesses and other business endeavors. Mm-hmm. So I have been pushing forward on 
deals and working different lines of um, exploring how we can do, you know, possibly like a wine and beer lounge, not necessarily downtown and Mm -hmm. incorporate it into other features as well. Okay. All right. Um, And that, yeah, I was thinking about just in terms of the business aspect, apart from, uh, say, this kind of lounge or eatery, any other business ventures that you um, have your eye on as we're thinking about 2022? Yes, I am working on a huge deal right now. So we're actually going live to bring on investors next week. Wow. And... um, so at the business sneak peek is a hotel resort. Oh. Yes. That's major. Yes. Wow. And it would be here in the Berkshires. Oh. Cannabis friendly. Okay. So we're in the we're in the stages. Yeah, that's a little sneak peek. I won't give too much no, information listen, yet. Don't but give, <laughs> sometimes you have to just give a little, a little drop taste. a hint, a taste, <laughs> and then that's it. Um, I'm a firm believer in sometimes, especially as you are um, working through things, you, everyone doesn't have to know. I mean, some things you, you want to share, but you don't have to put it all out there because sometimes you want to preserve the integrity of your vision and your work, and you want to keep it nurtured in a space where um, the energy around it is good and that you're able to do what you need to do. And then when you are ready to release it, then you make your announcement. Yes. And at that point, it won't be subject to anyone's negativity or anything like that. You just say, and this is what we're doing. And it's happening. And it's happening. <laughs> very nice. Very good. Um, beyond your professional work, which it seems like there's just a lot going on. I mean, as you're talking, you're like, you're talking about deals. And I'm like, she's like a deal maker. I'm like, what is going on right now? She's on the phone. Probably has like two phones to her ears. Um, you know, the image of the, just a woman handling her business. And that is just so great to see and so necessary. Um, but aside from the work that you're doing. Um, do you have any other areas that you're interested in, in terms of just um, community life or things like that? Yeah, so I actually work with multiple organizations mm-hmm. uh, within the community, and I have been working you know, hard on putting together some networking events throughout the Berkshires mm-hmm. you know, for different business owners to help them expand, kind of help them network, help them get out on social media and um, also exploring, you know, obviously from real estate, mm-hmm. home ownership, credit repair, and, uh, you know, helping others get their businesses off the ground. Okay. Um, and from, in terms of like just the community. So I think there, you know, when I think about community, I also know that there's another person who's doing big things, your brother. Yes. <laughs> Yes. So, so for those who may not know, um, Harmony's brother Earl Persep, he is a city councilor. So he is, um, you know, that's again. I mean, talk about, you know, he he has a day job, but this work he was elected to um, to serve the community and that service. Um, are you inspired in any way by your brother's community service work? I was inspired immediately. Um, I was like, I want to be on city council uh-huh. before I even, you know, necessarily knew what the depths of yeah. city council was. 
but there's representation because not only is he's my brother, but mm-hmm. I'm like a black man is on city council in Pittsfield. How does that happen? It you did. get voted in, right? Yes. <laughs> so you make those connections, you build within your community, and mm-hmm. and you make it happen. And um, I think, you know, what really inspires me about it is that he actually speaks up when it's important. Yes. So, and I feel like a lot, a lot of the time in politics today, um, especially local politics, that people kind of conform to each other's ideas, and instead of uh, you know, putting their hand on the table mm-hmm. and objecting and saying, you know, I don't agree. He's able to do that. So, yes, um, yes. Your your uh, counselor Persip is um, he's very astute, and um, he uh, one of the things I admire about him is that he is able. Like you said, when he speaks, you listen. Because he is saying something that's profound and um, specifically attuned to the situation and matter. And he does it in a way that gets his point across without um, just in, in a powerful way, without necessarily downing anyone else. But he's very clear on what his point is. So you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, again, we're going back to the aspect of representation. And that representation is so powerful. I mean, like you said, the city council, is that something that, I mean, growing up, did you think even could happen? No. I mean, I didn't, it's not that I didn't think it could happen. I didn't think it could happen here. Really? Huh. And I also think that growing up, I saw us more as a town than a city. Okay. And I saw us as culturally behind, mm-hmm. uh, even though a lot of people come here for the cultural experience, right. uh, just our local government and our school system, mm-hmm. I felt like the development of it was mm-hmm. culturally behind. So, so then let me ask you, especially uh, you mentioned some things with um, with just like some of the systems. Do you have ideas to, um, based on some of your insights going through the system, do you have, and, and now that you're here as a professional woman, you've come back, you've chosen to come back to Pittsfield, what are some of the ideas that you would like to see implemented to maybe shift the consciousness of the next generation? Ooh. <laughs> so... That was a deep one, I feel yeah, like. Yeah. I could go on, and I guess I, my ideas are not structured enough for me to say, yeah. this is what I think needs to happen, mm-hmm. and that's maybe why I've never ran for city council mm-hmm. or the school board. Um, I do think that our education system and the way that... I think our teachers are great in the school system. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of the way that they handle behavioral problems needs Mm -hmm. to be readjusted and reevaluated. I believe that there's a lot of stress and pressure on both students and staff. And the staff don't realize the pressure that the students have from society to Mm -hmm. be a certain way. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's almost almost like... uh, in bigger cities, because mm-hmm. we are a city. Yeah. In bigger cities, it's more of an urban education, and we don't have that mm-hmm. here. Mm. Okay. Yeah, you're 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 right about the um, distinction between 
um, city and town because, you know, people use it interchangeably. We are a small city. We are a population of 44,000. But people say, oh, town. And I'm like, no, it's actually a city. Yeah, I'm like, mm-hmm. um, but you're 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 right about um, a, it, just your your perspectives on that understanding um, because changing systems, I think, always start at the level of understanding what needs to be addressed. And um, I think we're at a place where. There is an awareness, um, especially when it comes to the whole behavioral issue standpoint. You know, the the concept of restorative justice um, is playing a bigger role um, in um, the way that um, policy is dealt out. Um, Whereas before, maybe it didn't. I don't even know how prevalent, you know, that concept was. But restorative justice is playing a bigger role. And I think there's probably more attention that needs to be put on restorative justice because I always say that sometimes it's the behavior is symptomatic of something else. It's not, no child is bad. You know, when people say things like, oh, that ch- that's a bad child. No, there's no child that's bad, right? Circumstances affect children in ways that they act out and carry out certain behaviors and, and, and circumstances are fluid. So if circumstances affect a child in a negative way, then if you alter the circumstances, it can affect them in a positive way. So if we think about the holistic sense, holistic way of learning, that can that can change a lot of things. But there needs to be the thought on restorative justice and also how we address implicit bias. Yes. Right. Implicit bias is another one, like how we see our children and and, and how. And, and, and so there's so many layers to, um, to to our to our systems. But I feel encouraged that we're at a place where those conversations are happening. And that's the biggest difference from like, I want to say, bef- you know, in, in years before, because no one was talking about things like that. It was very different, very different time. Um, so yeah, so we we won't see Harmony running for an elected position. So like, no no school <laughs> committee, no city city council. But 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 we can rest assured that you are behind the scenes. Yes. Okay. And actively involved. Okay. Throughout the community. Um, when you're not doing all of that stuff, what do you like to do in your downtime? My downtime, I like to travel. Okay. And I guess everybody will say, like, travel, that's what they want to do in their mm-hmm. downtime or what they like to do in their downtime. Okay. Um, but I'm not saying travel, get on a plane and necessarily fly yeah. somewhere. Uh, I like to do mini road trips. My daughter and I do that a lot. Okay. Where Where do you like to go? So we... We do lo- local things a lot. Okay. Bash Bish Falls, Wakona Falls. Okay. Um, there is a few places in Great Barrington that I don't know by name okay. that we'll go out to. We'll kind of hike, go for walks, hang out downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, we go all over to Albany a lot, to different museums, Springfield. Yep. And then out to Boston, New York City. Okay. You know, bigger places. Yes. But... That's like my number one thing. So if mm-hmm. I'm not working, if I don't have a booked schedule, yeah. I will be out of town or like okay. out of Pittsfield, yeah. maybe 
or in Pittsfield, yeah. but like out doing something. And you and your daughter is your she she is your your partner in in, in action. Sidekick. She's your sidekick. Yes. It, which is great because she's getting exposure to all these different um, activities and places, which, again, it expands her worldview. Yes. Mm. Every place we go, she wants to move and she shops houses. Wait a second. Wait one <laughs> second. Has she said she wants to be just like mommy? So she doesn't say she wants to be just like mommy. She wants to be a rock star. Oh. In sandals with... And she will have a nice house, and she will sell houses. So I'm, I'm pretty sure she's saying she wants to be me. But <laughs> <laughs> she didn't use those words. <laughs> You're like, all right, I'll take it. Yeah, I'm like, that's me. <laughs> yeah, like, that's me. That's me. Without the sandals. Yeah, no, I have sandals on today. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So tell me a little bit about um, who or what inspires you to keep going a lot of different um people along the way have inspired me okay and i think that mostly i'm inspired by experiences Mm -hmm. more than having like a role model or you know a significant person that's inspiring me Mm -hmm. i believe that i get most of my inspiration from myself i would say Mm -hmm. as wanting to be a role model for others Mm -hmm. tell me if you can recall one of the experiences that have stayed with you that um have really inspired you to keep going because you mentioned experiences just now yes um i can remember going back i was in high school Mm -hmm. Maybe just just heading out of high school, um, I did. Yeah, nope. So it was the year after high school. Sorry, 2013. So I went on America's Next Top Model and did not make it. (laughs) I actually made it to the top 25 and then was cut before the show. Wow. So that was exciting and Mm -hmm. then depressing, I guess. Mm -hmm, It was like mm -hmm. up and down roller coaster. And I went out to New York City and... My mother and I went to casting calls and kind of had a, no ex, no luck that day. Okay. And on my way back, we met an individual, um, Nole Marin, I believe their name was. Okay. Not too important. But he had been a judge on the America's Next oh, Top Model. wait a second. I kind of remember, because um, I used to watch... Yeah, so I can like picture his face, and I'm like, I don't know if I'm saying his name. No, correctly. I can picture his face too. But so, I, but yeah, I'm, yeah. He, he, me and my mom, as teenagers are, we get into an argument. Yeah. I like stormed out of the train station, walk, trying to walk around New York City by myself. And this guy comes up to me, and he's like, "You need to be a model. You need to come down to my office for a casting." So we ended up staying in New York and not going home on the train that day, and going and doing a casting with him. And I remember him talking to me, and at this point, I'd already gotten into, like, some trouble. Mm -hmm. And he's like, look at the life that you're, like, the road that you're going down, and, like, look at the opportunities that are walking up to you. Mm -hmm. He's like, so you have to kind of make a choice, like, where do you want to be? And that that was what really inspired me, even though I didn't make a change at that time, Mm -hmm. that resonated with me for a while. Mm. Because I was like, he knew... How did he know? Well, he knew because I'm pretty sure he ran my record. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
All right. I was signing the contract. Okay. So, but but it was just like his point. Like he didn't know who I was. Yeah. You know, you don't know yeah. what somebody's been through or what's right. gone on in their life. Right. And he's like, you can continue down this road that mm-hmm. you're going down, or you can mm. change now yeah and no we can't sign you on because you have this record right but like if you get these things cleaned up you can come back mm. when you're ready <laughs> mm. so that was so, your crossroads and then i yeah. it still wasn't like a trigger for me at that time so it wasn't like i was like oh i need to change no. today's the day yeah still went through maybe three years of mm. non-stop right. craziness drama right and then and at some point, I yeah. just woke up and I was like, this guy was right. What I'm going like down the, the completely wrong path and I have this fork in the road and I have this option that I don't have to keep going down this yes. path. I just need to take the next turn yes. off. Yes. So that was when um, I kind of, you know, just got focused on getting certified in whatever my heart's desire was at that time. Harmony. And it was behavioral behavioral stuff because I was going through like behavioral issues myself. Uh, I I love your story so much because it's the story of redemption. And um you know the thing is that some of us, you know, it, it it's great if we have like neatly packaged stories and we can wrap it up with a bow and and some of us have experiences like that and I don't take away from anyone's experience um, like that but it's oftentimes the the bumps and the bruises the all-out gashes and wounds that we have that actually serve to teach us they become our biggest teacher and what what I'm getting from you is that you there was the awakening that happened not because of other people because people are talking to you you know you had this judge who was talking to you had probably but you decided in your mind you said i want that change and that's the biggest when you when i'm sure if you have opportunities to talk to other young people um that's the biggest thing it's it's that you have the power you have the power inside of you to decide what do you want to who do you want to be what kind of life do you want to live? You don't have to wait for anybody to tell you because you have it already in you. And don't let your past experiences define who you are because they don't. Nope. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. And it's and when I said just get up and start, yeah. It's that's all that it that it took. It was me getting up and just starting something different. Starting something that was productive and yeah. positive that was going to, you know, help me in life. And I mean, and from that, that awakening, I mean, now here she is. She's like a deal maker. You know, she has all these great um, plans. She's doing it. And it, it serves as um, as a model of what can happen when you believe in yourself and when you decide what kind of life you want. Um, that's why I like your story, Harmony. Yes, and my motto always, so I have a Facebook group, Manifestation okay. and Accountability. Okay. And that's like my motto because I tell people you can manifest anything. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's really true that mm-hmm. you can create whatever's going on in your day. Yes. And you kind of, even in your moment, yeah. you know, you create 
your mood. You create yes. your your personality, your dynamic, the energy that you're releasing. It's all created within you. It's like the decision that you make with yourself. So true. You're 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 right about that. Um, we if you say I'm going to have a great day today, you're going to exude that. Now, if you say I'm going to have a bad day and everything sucks in life and I just hate it. Well, then you've already started from a place where you're negative and you're going to see the negativity. It's you're almost going to attract it like a magnet because you are negative and you're going to attract other sources of negativity right to you. Um, and, 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 and so positive affirmations and things like that does, doesn't mean that you're not going to have a bad day. It doesn't mean that you're not going to encounter difficulty, but it also, but it, but when you think about how you interpret what comes your way, if you have that positive frame of reference, then there is a difference. Um, so I, I totally believe in you have to that I do vision boards. I start every year with a vision board. Um, that's why this is like, so, um, significant to me um and i every year i cut out and i put the words and the things that i want to see for myself for the year to come and i have those vision boards in my bedroom like i have them like in a prominent way so every day when i wake up i see them and it's a visual reminder of what i want to be and everything that comes with it because i words matter the things that you put in your mind matters and the things that you tell yourself matter. You have to, you're the first one. No one can control that. So you have, um, you get that. Harmony, if you could choose one word to describe you, what would it be? I'll use manifestation. Okay. That's it. Manifestation. Manifester. That's, Manifest. That's my description. All right. Um, I think it's fitting. And I want to thank you so much for um, sharing your story with our listeners. Um, I think that, uh, you know, there are little girls out there and little boys, too. I think they need to see it as well because representation matters. Um, So just thank you again. Um, It's been a pleasure. All right, everyone, you've been listening to Backstory. Let's hear it on WTBRFM Pittsville with Roberta McCulloch-Dews up the mayor's office in the city of Pittsville. Thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great day. 